Blog Talk Radio. Corruption. Racism. Xenophobia. White supremacy. Healthcare protections hanging by a thread. Law enforcement encouraged to commit acts of brutality. Peaceful people being separated from their families. And at the helm, a man beholden to Russia who is so unhinged that his actions could actually lead us to nuclear war. Join Liberal Dan Radio, Talk from the Left, That's Right, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. Together we must stand against the destruction of this country and the ideals we hold dear. Before it's too late. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914-803-4131. That's 914-803-4131. If you're listening after the live broadcast, you could also leave your uh, comments, questions, concerns, etc. over at the uh, show thread on liberaldan.com. We also have uh, facebook.com slash liberal Dan or at liberal Dan radio on Twitter. And right now I am also opening up the chat. So if you want to join us in there and ask questions in the chat room, you're more than welcome to do so as well. So we have a lot of, uh, a lot of interesting stuff to talk about today. Um, you know, I'm doing sort of a semi-unscripted show. I haven't really created any bits uh, for the show today, although I do have one upload um, that, you know, I want to share and discuss about, about non-ID requirements. And one of the things that I advertised this show, this particular episode on, was the party trick that you can do with your conservative friends or enemies or frenemies or whoever they are you can play this trick on them. And it works for me 100% of the time. Every single time I do it, I get guaranteed results every single time. It is like taking candy from a baby. It is like calling your shot in baseball. Now, the one I was calling my shot like I did with Jeff uh, on the ringside politics show that I often call in on. Uh, I called my shot there and one time before, and it was very quickly that uh, my shot was actually, the called shot actually followed through and I was able to actually prove it. Um, Let's play that one first. So we're going to do that one first about me calling my shot with this one. Um, it was. It had to do with uh, Donald Trump. Donald Trump had said that uh, we had Obamacare for 17 years. That we had Obamacare for 17 years. Now, 
When did Barack Obama get elected? Remind you, remind me. Oh, 2008. What was Obamacare passed? 2010. So, but I was willing to be like, you know what? I really don't believe that at the time, at least, I didn't believe that Donald Trump actually believed that we had 17 years, but I was willing to give it that, that he misspoke. So here's me calling my shot. President Trump basically says that for the past 17 years that we've been under the thumb of Obamacare. 17 years, folks. That would make it 2001. Since before 9-11, we've been dealing with Obamacare. Have we now, President Trump? Now, look, people misspeak all the time. I do it. I just want to know, because of this whole 17 years comment, can we finally let go of Obama's statement about 57 states? He didn't even say 57 states. He said 50, and then it was a very long pause, as if he was saying, yeah, how many states have you been to? And he was like, 50. And he probably meant to say 47 states, but it just came out 57 states. And oh, Obama thinks we have 57 states. <laughs> well, can we now just shut up about it? Because here we have your idol, Donald Trump, saying, you know, Obamacare has been here 17 years. Well, maybe it feels like 17 years. <laughs> I guarantee. Look, I'm going to call into a radio show that's local, the one I often call into, and I'm going to ask them this question about whether or not about 17 years and can we get rid of this. And, and I, I will just guarantee, I'll, I'm not willing to bet any money on it, but I'm certain that someone, maybe even the host will say this, well, it sure feels like 17 years. He might not. He might. The host might not add the little rednecky laugh. <laughs> but yeah, I'm anticipating that's going to be the response. It sure felt like it. Well, and then uh, I think it was probably the next day, or maybe it was uh, <clears throat> a couple of days afterwards, where I actually got the opportunity to call in to the show. And I think I remember. I think I was. Drop it. I wasn't dropping my kid off over there because it was that's 2018 or 2017. It wasn't that long ago. Um, so, and here is the clip from the radio show when I called in. There are people today who will today still bring up, I saw the other, the other day, you know, Barack Obama and his 57 state comments, you know, and obviously it was just a misspeaking. Uh, nobody who, who's reasonable believes that Barack Obama believes there is a believe that there were 57 states when he said that and nobody with a reasonable mind doesn't believe that donald trump really meant 17 that he that he really meant seven well and and i appreciate you bringing this to my attention because i I didn't see where he said that uh was that in a uh, speech recently or when did he say that obamacare was in place for 17 years it was it was it was in a press conference of some sort it was there was was there's audio and video of him of him saying that and you know people of, of course jumped on it because, oh, uh, you know, he, he's, he's dumb, he's dumb. And, you know, I, I said, look, right. he, he obviously met seven and obviously misspoke, just as okay. President Obama obviously misspoke, and there's no reason to, yeah. you know, make... Well, I, I know, will, I will agree with you in this. To discuss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I will agree with you in saying that Barack Obama is not dumb. I think Barack Obama is a smart guy. I just disagree with him on his positions. And I also would say this, and uh, Liberal Dan, I appreciate the call, and thank you. Great to hear from you. 
I would say this. Donald Trump's not dumb. And uh, I think both of them are smart. Uh, I just agree with Donald Trump's positions more than I agree with Barack Obama's positions. I don't think anybody can be elected president uh, being dumb. I don't think idiots get themselves their party nominations and then get elected to the White House. And in the case of Donald Trump, uh, you don't build a you know, multi-billion dollar business being an idiot. You don't succeed in uh, – the world of television with a reality show for years being an idiot. Here it comes, folks. You don't be, become a first-time candidate and beat 16 entrenched opponents and then beat a, a candidate that's got much more money and all the media behind her if, if you're an idiot. I mean, you're pretty darn smart, if you ask me. So, yeah, I guess he misspoke. I guess he meant to say seven as opposed to 17. And uh, it probably feels like 17 <laughs> years of Obamacare. Maybe it feels like 70 years of Obamacare. <laughs> But no, it's uh, uh, seven. All right. Um, thank you, Liberal Dan. Quick time out. Let's get a news update. We'll come- now, when I was in the car, because normally what happens, you know, he'll be like, thank you very much for your call. And I'll just hang up at that point and just listen on the radio. And as soon as he said it, I was just, I was like, yes, I called my shot. I called my shot. I'm awesome. You know, I can't believe that I was able to get that done and and be so have it happen so quickly so but i i've since gotten you know there's another party trick and i've actually had this party trick for longer than that one but and i might have talked talked about this on this show before but you know there's just so many more examples that have to do like over and over again i should not be able to be this successful with this bit. I should not be able to call my shot like I do. And, and, and the only difference with this clip is that he didn't actually give me the opportunity to say the full prediction before we actually, there's been another time where he has, but there's the, I, I didn't have the opportunity to give my full prediction and you'll hear that, but what it has to do with is as I state in the title of the podcast, non-ID requirements in the voter ID law. Non these voter ID laws, and there's a discussion to be had about whether or not we should have voter IDs. I think we absolutely should maybe follow what Mexico does. They provide everybody with a vote with a, with a picture ID. Every citizen gets a picture ID that can be used to vote. Given to you for free, there should be no problem at that point going and, and voting with your government-issued, federally-issued government ID. I have no problem with that whatsoever. At that point, you're not disenfranchising anybody. You're simply just saying, hey, just use this card when you come vote. Simple as that. But the non-ID provisions, and we'll get to those in a second. We'll, we'll get to what those are in a second. But there are there are provisions that specifically were put into the law had nothing to do with voter IDs and and whether or not you know voter ID laws actually don't oh, I said my word actually I need to smack myself um, they don't really prevent that much crime most of the crime that happens when it comes to voter fraud registration fraud and other types of election fraud are not caused by by IDs. There is much more disenfranchisement with voter purges. There's much more disenfranchisement with, with the non-ID provisions in these laws. 
and there are there there are many more examples of disenfranchisement that can happen. And there's also many ways that you could cheat the system without a voter ID law. So here we go. Here is Jeff. Somebody else had called in, and and, and several people had made this comment, and I've actually made this comment before to the other way. Now, I've suggested for a while that there's been a coup. That that this whole the coup started in 2010. Now Trump and the people supporting Trump are now saying that oh what's happening to Trump is a coup. Well, a lot of times I had a conservative post something about Saul Alinsky, and the the only people who I know that know anything about Saul Alinsky and the details about what he says are conservatives. And when I listen to those details, I'm like, oh, conservatives do that all the time. Why, why is this a liberal thing? But he said, up, he said, one of the rules for radicals that Saul Linsky has is accuse your opponent of doing what you're actually doing. So whenever Donald Trump says that other people are committing a coup against him, that would be him following the Linsky rules where he's actually a part of the coup. And the coup started, and let's listen to the bit of me calling back into Jeff's show with the minute or so that he allows me to talk nowadays. Um, I don't think it's a coup if you're trying to undo a coup. Back in 2010, uh, conservatives had the Red Map Project, which was targeted by state legislature races in order to make sure they could flip state legislators so, so that specifically they could redraw maps. They did so, and in doing so, the you know Republicans won states like Pennsylvania. Even though Obama won the state, you know, won, won, won the majority of the state, uh, thirteen of the eighteen congressional seats Pennsylvania over Republican way they redrew the map. Um, and then that that was only undone recently by a court ruling. Um, but you know, other states the same thing happened. Now Democrats gerrymander, but this took gerrymandering and put it on steroids. Other things that happened. The so called the the non-ID provisions, and I'm being clear, non-ID provisions of these voter ID laws, so-called voter ID laws, um, they specifically, and Republicans have gone on record and said that the reason that we that they put in these non-ID provisions in these voter ID laws was to keep black people from voting. Um, now, and every time I say this argument, every time I make that argument, a conservative who, will always ask me. That, will always, uh, who said that, Liberal Dan? Who said that they were trying to keep black people from voting? Well, the reason that the North Carolina law was thrown out was because the judge found that the legislature specifically researched all the different ways that people voted and only the, the, way, the methods that are utilized by black voters. Uh, no one ever said we're around. trying to keep black people from voting. That's the point I'm, I'm saying. Uh, they inferred that there, no, from what no, they did, but no Republicans ever say we're trying was, to keep black people from voting. They never said that. Yeah, I will give you links that, that will back that up later, Jeff. I don't have the specific names. Of the Send me the links. I'd love to hear there. where Republicans said uh, we want to keep black people from voting. I just but, don't but know, the, Liberal Dan, why an ID is in any way keeping a black person from voting. <laughs> Yes, I don't. I don't, I don't see that at all, Liberal Dan. I, I just said, don't see I it. Non-ID provisions. I said non-ID provisions. Okay, give me, give me a few examples of those. Give me. Okay. <laughs> and there you go. And he did cut me off a little bit when I was trying to say <clears throat> every single time I try and tell somebody that it's a
they always ask, they always say, I don't understand what the problem is with having a voter ID. It happens every single time it happened there. And Jeff is a super smart guy. And the only reason I think Jeff does it, honestly, and I'll make an exception for him. He's a super smart guy. He's really intelligent. And the reason I think he does it is because he knows he can pivot the conversation. That It's a political pivot. Now, unfortunately, I don't think that the rest of the people are that smart that are doing this. I, I really, especially because I'm specifically telling you, this is what you're going to say. And this is what I said May 5th. May 5th, 2015, I I posted this on my Facebook wall. Here's a party trick you can try with a conservative. Bring up these – I mean, I've said these – it's like the same thing over and over again. Bring up the so-called voter ID laws. Say that the other parts of the voter ID laws that have nothing to do with an actual ID – suppress black voters openly predict that the conservative will ignore these other parts and ask why having a voter ID suppresses votes watch as a conservative says why does a voting ID suppress votes laugh keep laughing it's sad how predictable conservatives can be so Let's go on to this this conversation that was had. I'm going to go over the conversation. Um, let's see. Kind of swing down a bit. Uh, there's this guy who used to call into the same show, uh, Anthony on the cell. Um, he would call in and trying to. I'm trying to find it. Here it is. There is nothing wrong with requiring an ID to vote. You say it suppresses the vote. That is BS. You need an ID to get a job or cash a check, or you can fish it out to vote. And I and you and my response. And you did it even when I openly predicted you would do it. Ha 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 ha. And then I'm like, I stated that the other parts of the voting ID laws, not the voter ID part, suppresses voting. I said the conservatives, like Anthony, would then attack my argument, asking why requiring an ID suppresses the vote. Three conservatives then did exactly as I predicted. I am laughing how I openly predicted the exact straw man that they would use against me, not once, not twice, but three times. And there are other parts in the conversation where at least two other people, let's see, Trey Roberts, somebody who actually ran for governor in the state of Louisiana, poor people, minorities, and college students all either smoke or buy alcohol. Hashtag, they got ID. And I responded, OMG, you did it too, LOL. Um, And then... There's another person who I believe did it. But basically, at the end of the day, in that conversation, three people literally said exactly what I said that they would do. Um, What else? On Twitter, I had this conversation on Twitter. I said, uh, somebody said, You are full of crap. Why don't Democrats want voters to use ID for voting? Stop making poor excuses. I said, it's not the ID requirements that are problem, that are the problem. The so-called voter ID laws that they contain other non-ID requirements inserted to specifically prevent people from legally voting. 
but then they call them voter ID laws. So people can oppose the non-ID parts when you say, and then say, what's wrong with the voter ID? Um, let's see. Bah, 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 bah. Let's, let's, what's the next part of this image? And then, so explain to me again why proof with proof why ID is a bad idea the same guy used. This guy has eventually blocked me. But I said, and then, you just did what I said you would do. It was like reeling in the fish. And I, and I included the picture. It's not the ID requirements that are the problem. It's the other ones that are a problem. Um, and then again, another one is the worst article ever. It doesn't even explain why it's bad to have a photo ID. It quickly plays the race card. African-Americans have photo ID already. Say that they don't know how to, where the DMV is so racist. And I said, it's not the IDs. It's the problem. It's the non-ID requirements. Lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, conversations with idiots on my Liberal Day and Facebook page. And I say in this one, I'll often use the non-ID portions of voter ID laws to expose GOP racism. When I do, I always include a guarantee that some idiot will come along and ask, what's wrong with requiring an ID to vote? Regardless of the fact that I was specifically talking about the non-ID proportions of the law, I called my shot today. It didn't take long. What did I post? North Carolina and its so-called voter ID law put in non-voter ID provisions that were specifically meant to disenfranchise black voters. For example, they researched all the forms of early voting that one might do and looked in to utilize those methods. They eliminated the ones used by black voters. Other states also included non-ID related provisions in these so-called voter ID laws that were specifically meant to disenfranchise black voters. It's been publicly admitted to. And whenever I bring this up, discussing the non-ID aspects of the law, some idiot comes along and will be like, What's wrong with requiring an ID? They needed to cash checks and buy alcohol, despite my criticism about it being about the non-ID parts. The response. You have it named specifics in our president. I'm all for voter ID. A county in Michigan had more votes for Obama than people, blah, 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 blah. Potential voter ID part of Michigan was estimated 250,000, California 1 million, which is wrong. Even if the numbers were only half, why would you not want to fix it? Uh, you have no deflections, just whatever being a racist. Again, bringing up that he's all for ID when I'm not saying that I'm against ID. I'm just saying that the non-ID provisions are problematic. A recent uh, conversation on another page was like, the problem with these so-called voter ID laws is the non-ID provisions in the midst specifically target black voters. Of course, conservatives will often respond to that previously, previous statement by asking, what's wrong with requiring ID despite my criticizing the non-ID provisions? Two posts later, it took six minutes for this person to respond, I have to show an ID to get a break tag, to buy a bottle of wine, simply to walk into any federal building. Why not show an ID when I vote? Are you claiming how racist? Basically, my response was just, Jeffrey, how dumb are you? Reread what I wrote. And I'm, I'm missing this other one that I did. Where is it? Where is it? There's another one that I did. And I'll get, I have a caller, and I'll get to you, caller, in a second, I promise. I just want to get to this law. Oh, there it is, right here. It's another one that I had messaged to my buddy Don. Again, the Percy Podcast, at the Percy Talk Podcast on Twitter. I was at the Percy Podcast on Twitter. Listen to his show. It's some good stuff. Again, I said, disenfranchisement of, disenfranchisement of black voters, so-called voter ID laws have non-ID provisions in them where they specifically put in the laws to make it more difficult for black people to vote parentheses. Now in the conversation is when conservatives ask, what's wrong with voter IDs? When I clearly said non-ID provisions and predict that they'll say it. Response to Zimmerman. Oh, 
Where do I begin? Blah, 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 blah. As for voter IDs, doesn't everyone in America have to show ID to go through security in the airport? Nothing racist about that. Doesn't everyone have to show an ID to cash a check at the bank, etc.? Um, then another one, Bob, North Carolina had laws thrown out because they, they were shown that they specifically targeted black voters under these rules. Georgia's voter purge targeted black voters. It's been cited many times by many GFP, GFP officials that the non-ID provisions of the so-called voter ID laws were done specifically to help black people, to keep black people from voting. This is when conservatives ask what, what's wrong with requiring an ID, despite me saying non-ID provisions. Somebody responds, I have been a registered voter for over 50 years. I have always had to show up for ID every time I have voted. Do we get the point? Uh, probably have kicked this dead horse way down the street. And I'm probably kicked the dead horse more than uh, people have shared Jeffrey Epstein means on memes on Facebook and Twitter, etc. Basically, at the end of the day, you can do this trick with your friends and family. If you have people that are just gung-ho about wanting these voter ID laws, all you have to do is talk to people, tell them, look, I have a problem with the non-ID provisions in these laws, specifically bring up the North Carolina one, which was so, so over the top bad and racist that the judge pointed it out and said, look, this was specifically a surgical attack against black voters because they specifically, and they even admitted it, they took black methods that black people used to vote and cut them away in order to to disenfranchise the black vote and make it harder for black people to vote. There are other examples of what they've done, and we'll go over that in a little bit. But let's go ahead, uh, hit the uh, phone call. Sorry for making you hold so long. Uh, How's it going tonight? Well, apparently the way it's being worried is kind of tricky. (laughs) But uh, I'm I I I mean, I think it's pretty clear. I mean, if I say non-ID provisions in the law, I'm not talking about the ID provisions. I'm saying non-ID provisions. Well, the non-ID provisions, I, I would imagine, means that a person should be able to vote if they don't have a, uh, not have a government issue ID, and uh, that there can bring about gov- uh, voter fraud too. Let me give you an example in the state of sure. Missouri. Mm-hmm. You can go to the poll and vote with a trash bill or a utility bill, and it could mm-hmm. be a couple of years old. Mm-hmm. And when you go to carry that utility bill and you hand it to the lady sitting there that's checking the addresses and the people on the roll, she looks at the name on the utility bill, finds it in the book. She signs her name. Then she turns the book around where you have to sign your name. Well, all you have to do is look at the signature that's there of the person that fits that address and copy it and sign it. You may not be that person. I'm going to give now, you another example, too. How, but, but let me, let me stop on. you there for just for, let me stop you there for a quick second, just because I want to know, mm-hmm. has, has, there, has it been shown that this happens a lot? Like, is there proof that people oh, yes, are actually it doing this? Absolutely. Well, yes, like, a it lot. happens. Like, I mean, like... Well, I don't know a lot because I don't know the entire state of Missouri, but I know an area where I lived in, which was the Normandy uh, Normandy Precinct in North Mm -hmm. St. Louis County. 
And we had some elections that was tied. And people complained that you had people who had moved out of the community and came back to vote. <laughs> oh, now, and, 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 and that's the majority that's the majority of black community too. And I am African American. Let me give you another example if you don't mind. Sure, go right ahead. Driver's license can be used to vote. Mm-hmm. Your driver's license in Missouri usually expire on your birthday. But they send out notifications for you to come and get your license renewed the first of the month. Your birthday may be uh, the 25th of the month. You go in and renew the license, and you get to keep your old license. Okay? Because they're going to mail the new license in the mail. Okay. In the meantime, you can establish residence in another state like I did in Louisiana, where I got a driver's license to uh, in Louisiana and registered to vote. They took my old license, okay, and I got a brand-new Louisiana license. In the meantime, back in Missouri, at my Missouri address, they sent me my renewed license. So I got two licenses. I can legally vote. I can Well, I can vote in Missouri if I was that type of person, but I only vote in Louisiana. Okay. Now, I'm going to give mean, you one more. Okay, but 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 okay, but but let's let, let's talk about this that. This is one for a doozy. Second. You're gonna like this one. Okay, I mean, look, I, I I am a software developer is my is my main profession, and part of being a software developer, I like finding the ways in which systems can break, so that we can fix mm-hmm. those areas and fix those boundary conditions. But how would a voter ID like how would a voter ID law have prevented you from doing what you did? Well, well, not what you in did, that but what particular you could, case, what you could have done. Yeah, in that particular case with the driver's license, and what uh, it's very difficult. What Missouri do? They let you keep your old license until your new unexpired license come in the mail. But what they also do should do is like uh, maybe punch a hole in it, you know. But let me give you another instance that, okay. Go right that goes on. Illegals. Illegals can buy, take out mortgages mm-hmm. because they can apply for what's called an I-10 number. An I-10 number is the individual tax identification uh, number that allows the IRS to uh, permit, any, and I believe it's not, illegal can file income taxes. Mm-hmm. IRS don't care if they're illegal. All they want to know is you file the income taxes, and they can keep track of the uh, the illegals' tax records by way of that I-10 number. It's not a Social Security number. It's right. an individual tax ID number. Right. They also can use that number to go take out a mortgage to buy a house. Okay? okay. Now, you got the paperwork, the promissory note, and other deeds of the transaction to buy that house. You take that to the polling place and use that to say that this is where I live. They say, okay, you're on the voters' roll, even though you are in the country illegal. And that happens quite a bit. I mean, in the millions. Read the story, though. I would would need to see evidence of that because I don't believe, and it's hard for me to believe, without evidence of, of that this is happening 
much of it all. If, if or I'm getting ready to give it to the, you right now. Listen, right. it's but it's an NPR story. It was dated uh, November the fourth. The earlier one with NPR. There are later ones now. It's called Politics Undercut Mortgages for Illegal Workers. And it goes on to say, over the past four years, tens of thousands of illegal immigrants living in the U.S. have bought homes. Okay. I mean, no, I mean, I'm not, I'm not Did you write it down? that they would. <clears throat> I, 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 <laughs> November 4th, 2008, is that the one where? That was, that, a, that, was that was this one with NPR because, you know, when they story, they have a transcript. And you can right. just copy and, and keep it. Yeah, but sure. no, it, it happens since then. Yeah. Okay, but but what I'm saying is that even if you know <clears throat> they're making these, they're buying mortgages and stuff like that. The the idea that they're then try, wanting to go ahead and put the vote, I, I think it's highly unlikely. But look, as I said before, you know who done this I, I, at the in the story. The show, at the beginning of the wait, wait, wait let me mm-hmm. let me let me talk. At the beginning of the show, I, I don't know if you caught the whole show yet, but at the beginning of the show, I did say that I have no problem with requiring an ID to vote. Like that, that's not my issue. My issue, again, is with the 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 requirements in the laws that don't or the parts of the law that have nothing to do with the voter ID. As I say, the non-ID provisions of the law. Um, now you take that as, as as meaning, you know, well, I'm talking about being able to vote without an ID. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. And, and if somebody's confused by that, they, they should then speak up. But nobody in my conversations with them, when I bring this up, has said, oh, I'm sorry, Dan, I thought you meant the ability to vote without an ID. It's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the other parts of these laws that do not pertain to IDs that work to disenfranchise voters, like what North Carolina did specifically um, in North Carolina the court, according to um, yeah, I'm familiar with this, it. Yeah, just for the rest of the listeners, um, maybe all three of them, uh, as evidence of justifications for the changes to early voting, the state offered purported inconsistencies in voting hours across counties, including the fact that only some counties had decided to offer Sunday voting. Uh, the state then elaborated on justification, saying the counties with Sunday voting in 2014 were disproportionately black and disproportionately democratic. Um, so this law did away with one of the two Sundays voting, um, thus, in what comes to close to a smoking gun, as we are likely to see in modern times, the state's justification for a challenge statute hinges explicitly on race, specifically its concern that African-Americans who had overwhelmingly voted for Democrats had too much access to the franchise. So, so these, are the, these are the things that I'm talking about when I bring up non-ID provisions. And I, I just think it's... It, it, Obviously, as you lit, as you heard, because you were on hold for a good eight minutes before I got to you, as you heard, the I, I've, I've done this a lot. I've, I've brought this argument up a lot. Whenever people bring up voter IDs, I will bring up the non-ID provisions, and not a single person well, has stated the level of confusion that, that you introduced. And you know what? Maybe one person I, or two person might have been confused and like that, but every single one of them, mm-hmm. no. They The clip that I played earlier from when I called into the other radio show, uh, that clearly he was doubting the non-ID provisions. He was doubting yeah. that those. I got a couple existed. more points, if you don't mind, real oh, quick. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. It says one of the largest I-10 lenders in the U.S. has been Second Federal Savings in Chicago. Mm. Mm. Chicago is a sanctuary city, too. He said they originated 
more than 120 million in I-10 uh, mortgages. And also, the individual that the story starts off with is a man by the name of, well, he's a, he was a restauranteur, a cook. Then he got into this business out in uh, a city called Danville in California, Northern California. Mm-hmm. And they say that uh, they've done like, you know, like a, over a billion dollars worth of these things out there in California. So, you know, there it is. Oh, one other thing. With that way, Barack all those Obama, mortgages are all, are all those mortgages that are from that bank in Chicago going to people in Chicago, or are they going supposedly to people all over the country? I believe it may be a little bit of both. Okay. Uh, this Cause, guy, cause, cause I don't Tim understand. Santo. It's, well, ahead. I tell you, if you bring that story up, you can read it. And I'll, then you I'll probably read it. And, 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 I mean, I don't want to necessarily talk read it right now yourself. on the air, but but one other thing, <coughs> real quick too. You know, Obama was pro-illegals having driver's licenses. That Mm. there also is a prelude to getting on the voter's roll in many municipalities, in many states. So there you are. (laughs) There is a a misconception about many of the laws. I'm not going to say every single one of them, but many of the laws that that do try to give people who are undocumented um, driver's license or, or driver's cards or whatever they want to call it they call it something different um and it's also made in such a way that both it's like it's 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 sort of situated as if it were one of those learners per, like learners cards where it's vertical and no they're driver's license they're not it's learners like, permits they're no, driver's no, license. Well, i'm not saying that they're learner, i'm not saying they're learners permit but they're they're set up so that they're that they look different than a regular standard driver's license and specifically well, they, these licenses wait let, let me finish Specifically, these cards. Mm-hmm. I think. I think in New York, specifically. I think in many, some of the other places that that have tried to pass these. And when when people come, call and come, you know, these radio shows and complain, no, they're allowing these. They're allowing the illegals to have driver's license. Oh no, they're going to vote now. The, the cards that they're allowed to get are different from the driver's licenses that that a citizen can get. And they specifically say that it, in big bold red letters, not for use for voting. So. They are very clear. Well, some, that that, that's good. That is good. But here's the thing, though. If you're illegal and you went through one of these I-10 mortgages, you got documentations right there to show that you live at this residence, which is within this voting district. You got a driver's license that says you live at this. Once you get that uh, those mortgage papers, now you got proof of residency. You can go get a driver's license and still be illegal. Well, you got a proof of residency, but you don't have the proof of citizenship that would be required to show that you to get to get the, to get. The you don't not- have to be a citizen. Listen to me, listen. You okay. don't have to be a citizen for the way these people are getting mortgages. They're using the. I'm not ICN. saying you have to be a. I'm not saying you have to be a citizen to get the mortgages. I'm saying you still have to be a yeah. citizen to get to get the ID that will allow you to vote, to allow you to register to vote. That you have to still have to show. Specific other sorts of information, and if and if the photo ID that you're no, showing, you don't. the proof that you I'm do, you you're no, trying you, to you, talk your way out of this. You listen I'm not, real quick. You got a you got you got a promissory note, and you have signage papers. You got uh you have your tax information for the property. Your name is on all that. Plus, now you got a driver's license. In some places, when you go like in Louisiana, when you get your driver's license, you automatically registered. You could be illegal in buying houses. And here's a big question. 
if you're illegal and you're able to get a mortgage, how the hell are you paying for it when illegals are not supposed to be working in the country? Well, that that's a discussion to be had about why we do not go after businesses that hire people who are undocumented and who typically hire people a rate that is lower uh, than the required minimum wage. Uh, that's a conversation to be had with that. You know, the, and the, some of these mortgages are not chicken feed neither. I mean, you're talking about a mortgage out in California. Are you talking about a mortgage in the city of Chicago? So where are you picking grapes, cabbage, and tomatoes to make enough money to pay for a mortgage like that? Oh, baby. Anyway, I'm going to let you well, ponder lot, with that one. I mean, and by the way, yeah. I'm an African-American, I'm a black okay. man, and I'm a racist. <laughs> I have to say all that. <laughs> I, I wasn't saying anything that you were And, I, and I voted for Donald Trump, and I'm crazy about him. He's an angel in disguise. Hey, man, I'll talk <laughs> to you later. All right. Well, you have a good one. Thank you for calling the show. I welcome you to call back anytime. Um, you know, the, the, the previous caller did say that uh, he did move to Louisiana, so I brought up the Louisiana requirements on in order to register to vote. In order to register to vote, you must, A, first and foremost, be a U.S. citizen. So if you have to be, if you have to be a U.S. citizen, you just have to prove U.S. citizenship. So it doesn't matter that you have a mortgage. It doesn't matter that you are able to prove residency um, because the residency does not prove citizenship. And you must be 17 years old but must be 18 years old to vote must not be under an order of imprisonment or conviction for a felony, um, must not be under a judgment of full interdiction for mental incompetence. You must reside in the state and parish in which you seek to register, and you must be registered at least 20 days prior to election if registering through Go Vote Online Registration, or 30 days if registering in person or by mail. Uh, there are special provisions for military and overseas voters, obviously, because you know, a lot of times people who are serving in the military, you know, don't necessarily keep up a residence, uh, an actual residency in the state that which they, in which they lived prior to deployment and as such might not have a Louisiana address to use, but they still should be able to vote. Um, even though uh, Donald Trump recently did took actions that prevented such people, um, if they're naturalized, to have automatic citizenship if they don't keep up residence. And even if they did keep up a residence, they still required them to live at that residence for a certain amount of time uh, in order to have their children to be considered automatic citizens, even if they are citizens fighting for this country. <sighs> Pisses me off, but it's not the topic of this show. So let's see, all voter registration is, you, know, you can register online, you can register in person, but you need to have a driver's license number. You have need to have a social security number, day and month, Day and month of voters' birth, mother's maiden name, email address, text message service, and voter. That's to register online, register in person. Uh, you can go to any of the listed places, um, and you have to bring the identity with you. If you're registering in a parish voter's office, you have to prove age, residency, and identity. You must submit your current license if you have one, or your birth certificate or other documentation, which reasonably and sufficiently establishes your identity, age, and residency. Um, and if you don't have a driver's license, special Louisiana ID or social security number, you may provide a picture ID, a utility bill, and a payroll check. Government document includes your name, includes your name and address. But most importantly, still, you have to be a citizen. So, and these and these driver's licenses or these driver's permits, I believe, is what they're called in many of these states, do not include 
the ability to vote. And they specifically say on them, you may not use this to vote. It's clear. So I think the fears are unfounded. Now, the second, there were, there were three ways of illegally voting that he brought up. And the second one of which was um, the fact that they don't take your license in, I think it was Missouri. Um, and then you move to Louisiana. Uh, so he was able to, he could have voted in two different states if he chose to, because he would have had two voter IDs. Now, you take the risk of if they investigate and find that you did so, they might, you know, try and convict you of voter fraud. But here's the thing. Voter ID laws would not prevent that illegal way of voting because you're using an ID to vote. So if you have a requirement to have a voter ID and you show a voter ID and you do it in a fraudulent way, like you would have done in Missouri, I guess where you previously lived, um, you would have been voting illegally, but a voter ID law wouldn't have prevented that type of fraud. Um, no, a voter ID law might prevent the type of fraud that he was talking about if you're if you're using mortgages. And I'm gonna have to look into the mortgage thing and see other examples of that and see see how that is used and if it is used at all. But I like if you watch there's there's the Comedy Central show. There's a Comedy Central Comedy Central show episode. I think it was Daily Show and Asif Manbi, I think, was the person who was doing the interview and interviewed somebody from North Carolina. Um let me, let me pull up his name because uh, I'm not. Oh, there he is. Wait, Daily Show. Don Yelton. Don Yelton was the guy. And you look up Don Yelton on YouTube and you look up that video, you will hear him say not only horrible things, but the typical horrible things like, you know, he actually literally said one of my best friends is black. <sighs> I mean, come on. You 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 need to know that that's you just don't say it because you're gonna people are gonna be like oh here we go here's a one of my best friends are black and therefore I'm 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 not racist but okay so <clears throat> what are these non ID versions you know what are, what are some of the ways that Republicans have uh, tried to prevent black people from voting and evidence thereof I've already cited um, a PBS description of the North Carolina law. The court said that in crafting the law, the Republican-controlled General Assembly requested and received data on voters' use of various voting practices by race. It found that African-American voters in North Carolina are more likely to vote early, use same-day voter registration, and do straight ticket voting, and they banned them. So you, you, you find all the different ways that all of these different people vote, and you only cut away the black ones. That is targeting black voters specifically, and there's no way that you can argue it. There's no way that you can argue it. Oh, they're just trying to keep the election. No, they're trying to keep black people from voting. Non-ID provisions include the closure of polling places in black communities. Um, Governing.com has an article about this. Um, and in Georgia, this is, this is a big thing. You go to governing.com. Uh, in the five years since they shut down key rights of the Voting Rights Act, uh, this year alone, 10 counties with large black populations in Georgia closed polling spots after a white elections consultant recommended they do so to, quote, save money. The consultant suggested a similar move in Randolph County. The pushback in Randolph County, I'm assuming is a whiter county, the pushback was big enough to keep its nine polling places open. Um, but the closures come amidst uh, tightening of voter ID laws in many states that are trying to make it harder for black people and minorities to vote. Again, because these 
states are putting in non-ID provisions into these voter ID laws. Um, because of the combination of closed polling places, so you have a lot of lack of access to the ballot, and the uh, actions that would actually purge voters um, and, and cast too wide of a net uh, to eliminate the voters from the rolls, that you have voter suppression that should have, that probably kept Stacey Abrams from being governor of Georgia. And the only reason that she was prevented, in my opinion, from being governor of Georgia was simply because of disenfranchisement of the black vote. And, simple. Todd Albo, I'm thinking that's how you pronounce it, but I'm not sure. You want to know why I left the Republican Party as it exists today? Here it is. This was the last straw. I was in a closed Senate Republican caucus when the final round of multiple voter ID bills were being discussed. A handful of GOP voters, senators, I'm sorry, were giddy about the ramifications and literally singled out the prospects of suppressing minority and college voters. Think about it for a minute. Elected officials planning and happy to help deny a fellow American constitutional right to vote in order to increase their own chances to hang on to power. So again, this is a non-ID provisions. Uh, these, these are not reasons for not for not for eliminating ways to vote, and they're doing so not because they want to protect election integrity, but because they want to keep certain people from voting. Uh, an anonymous GOP consultant in Florida said, "I know that cutting out the Sunday before election day was one of the targets, only because that's a big day when black churches organize themselves again. So they cut out the Sunday before election day." specifically because black churches want to vote that day. Now, black citizens, black workers are disproportionately more likely to have jobs that pay by the hour and perhaps even working more than 40 hours a week. And when that happens to enable them to vote, it's better to have larger early voting windows that would allow them to get the polls on days where they are not working when you reduce the amount of hours that are open for these sorts of voters, you are keeping them from the polls because you're making it less likely for them to be able to cast a ballot. I see Phyllis Schlafly quote, the reduction of numbers of days allowed for early voting is particularly important because early voting plays a major role in Obama's ground game. The Democrats carried most States that allow many days of early voting. Again, that's why former Republican Jim Greer, uh, not from, uh, not the guy from the hunt for an October. The Republican Party, the strategists, the consultants, they firmly believe that early voting is bad for Republican Party candidates. It's done for one reason and one reason only. We've got to cut down on early voting because early voting is not good for us. Meaning, of course, they're not saying it, but if you have a shred of honesty, you know why it's not good for Republicans because if black, that's when black voters vote. Black voters typically vote at least 90% plus for the Democratic Party for the reasons, partially because it's the Republicans that are pushing this kind of garbage and trying to make it harder for black people to vote. You might have example, you know, exceptions to the rule, like my previous caller who gladly voted for Trump and fine, good for you. Um, you're in Louisiana now, I'm, I'm assuming still. And as such, Louisiana is voting for Donald Trump anyway. There's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> Louisiana will – Donald Trump could be convicted and impeached and removed from office, and Louisiana would be like, well, we're still voting for Trump. Happy to. Um, but again, like this could go on. The clear intent of these people is to restrict the ability of black voters to cast ballots. Uh, from all I have said in this email, this is from the email that I wrote to Jeff um, and more. The Republicans are proving themselves time again. They want to stop black voters from voting. And even if – 
The law only requires an ID. Again, something I take no issue with. The desire is to maintain election integrity, is not to maintain election integrity as they claim, but to keep black people from voting. And again, you know, any by many conservatives that are that are listening right now are probably still saying to themselves right now, but what's wrong with requiring an ID? Like they've done multiple times already, as I've shown at the beginning of this call. Um, there was another example of well people trying to keep non-whites from voting. Um, if you remember in North Dakota, um, native IDs won't be accepted at North Dakota polling places. Why? Because many Native Americans live on a reservation. Those reserva- with those reservations, they use a, a, a P.O. box in order to allow them to uh, get mail. And so they use the P.O. box on their driver's license. And the law no longer allows for P.O. boxes to be used. And when they passed this law, it was done very quickly, very soon before Election Day, very few weeks before Election Day, and making it much harder for Native Americans to vote. This is a North Dakota Senate race that had uh, – it was contentious, and it was potentially going to be close. And if the Republicans could keep the Native Americans from voting and Native Americans off the vote from mostly, mostly for uh, Democrats, then they're going to help the Republican Party to win. And if you're – the reason you're taking actions is to help the Republican Party win and not to actually maintain – there I get said the word again. There actually, uh, if you to actually help maintain, I said it again, <laughs> to maintain election integrity, uh, then you are a failure at life and a human being and a horrible person, and you need to be ashamed of yourself. So, huh, what now? So, so, and there are actually other things that are. That I, I do take some issues with some of the ID requirements as well. It's not that all of the ID requirements are good. Um, generally speaking, again, I don't have a problem with requiring ID to vote. We do so in Louisiana. And in Louisiana, if you can't afford to get a driver's license, you can get a free ID. So there's no poll tax. Um, but some of these laws, again, like North Carolina, did things like restrict what types of ID you could use. North North Dakota said you could use an ID, but you can't use a PO box on your PO box on your ID. They eliminated school IDs, even if those school IDs were issued by a state school. They've taken away other forms of identification that people might typically use and restricted them to a certain amount. And they've also restricted certain things that you could use to get an ID to make it harder to actually obtain the ID in the first place. So again, I have no problem with requiring the ID, but the ID needs to be easy to obtain for somebody who is a citizen. Again, do like Mexico does. Provide IDs to everybody. No charge. Everybody gets an ID. I don't care if you're rich or poor, black or white, any other ethnicity, gender, race, sexual orientation, gender identity, whatever you are, whoever you are, Whenever you are, you should be able to get a voter ID without a problem. Without this, this a national ID card, and then fine, you could use it in a vote. But that's not what they want. They don't want to enable people to vote. That's the point. They want to prevent people from casting ballots. That's the issue. 
So that that's one of the problems that I have with and the other one. I think the North Carolina law also implemented a fee to get a voter ID if you don't have a driver's license, which again, <clears throat> poll tax. Poll taxes are illegal. You cannot charge a poll tax. And what is North, what's North Carolina trying to do? They're trying to charge a poll tax. Like they're so brazenly in, in defiance of the constitution. It's just bizarre. And then they'll say that, Oh, I love the constitution while they wipe their asses with it. So, wow. I mean, it's eight fifty six my time. And I mean, I technically could go on for another half hour if I wanted to. Um, and I never even took a commercial break, which I just, that's pretty good. <clears throat> I don't really have anything to advertise, just my own stuff. I can I can talk about that more next week if I want. Non-ID requirements, impeachment, and more. Don't think we're going to get to the more. But let's talk a little bit about the impeachment. The first day of impeachment was today, and you had some ridiculous, obviously. And I'm sure you've, you've watched some of it or seen some of it on the news or whatever. But there's there's one thing that I did want to kind of talk about and or, or maybe maybe two things I wanted to talk about. And first of all, the the right to the right to uh, confront your accuser. That's one of the big ones that's coming out from many conservatives that I've seen online today. You should have the right to confront your accuser. Well, first of all, the right to confront clause uh, in the Constitution pertains to criminal cases and not to civil cases and not to impeachment trials. It's criminal cases. Yes, you can be impeached for high crimes and misdemeanors, but it's not a criminal case. The House of Representatives gets to determine how they file the rules in which they are going to file the articles of impeachment under which the Senate will vote on the A or N A to convict on. So you can't there's there's no reason to argue that you have the right to confront your accuser. And even if you did have the right to confront your accuser, what that really means is you have the right to confront the person any person who's giving testimony against you in court. So if somebody's providing testimony against you in court, then your lawyer should then get to go against them. So if, for example, they brought the whistleblower into the Senate and called that person as a witness against you, then your lawyers would get to counter, would, would get to ask questions as well and confront that accuser. But we're not at that point yet. And if there, is a, if there would happen to be a case where you had a, uh, somebody who was a defendant in a criminal case, and let's say somebody randomly said, okay, well, not randomly, but said, look, I'm calling the cops. I saw this person murder this other person. And so they go arrest that person. Then after the fact, they, as they're looking for evidence, they find a tape. This tape shows the murder. Clear as day, person's guilty as sin. Now, person's afraid that if they, if they testify, that they might not be able to uh, live because maybe this person's a powerful person. They don't want to be. So the police decide, well, we don't need this person's testimony. We have the tape. The tape proves guilt. We feel enough to convict without any other testimony as it stands. So we're going to present the tape as evidence and not bring the person who called in the tip. There's no reason to, that the person who's being accused of murder in that case doesn't get to call that person to the stand as the quote accuser because there's no need to. They're not bringing them up to testify. And that's the problem with the argument of the person should be able to confront their accuser. The other thing uh, that is interesting that has been brought up today is the whole idea of 
I've, I've heard Jeff say it. I've heard, I heard somebody else say they're trying to go against the will of the American people by the, they're, they're circumventing the vote by trying to overthrow the duly elected president of the United States. Did they ever say this during Clinton's impeachment? Did the Republicans ever say the people voted for Bill Clinton? There was plenty of evidence. I remember when Bill Clinton ran for president. There was plenty of evidence that he was committing acts of debauchery external to his marriage. You had the whole Jennifer Flowers thing that came up. I don't believe that many people doubted that Bill Clinton was not faithful. You had the idea that Bill Clinton was not the the best when it came to, I I don't know what their deal was. It's not my business between Hillary and Clinton and Bill Clinton, if they have an agreement as to whether or not they can sleep with other people, that's between them. As long as they're not trying to make it illegal for anybody else to do sexual things. I don't care what their sex lives are like. I don't care what their marriage is like. As long as everyone consents, I'm happy. Now, if you're trying to prevent other people from having consensual sex, then I'm going to judge you and I'm going to look at your activity specifically and, and, and judge you by the standard that you set for yourself. But I don't believe anybody who is a conservative making this argument that the liberals are trying to undo the will of the people. 63 million people voted for Trump, they say. Even more voted for Hillary Clinton. But don't you dare say that. Oh, well, Trump won in a landslide of 30 states with less votes than Hillary Clinton. So they can't say that. If I, if I can get through the Jeff tomorrow, my argument is going to be to him that, look, you didn't do this for Bill Clinton. Well, Bill Clinton obstructed justice. That's what he'll say. Bill Clinton obstructed justice. Well, that's what we're believing that Donald Trump is doing, and that's what we're trying to investigate. And if he did obstruct justice and found that he obstructed justice, then shouldn't he be impeached? Then probably will come again. It's the will of the people. The people want Donald Trump as president. <sighs> no, we don't. But, you know, I'm not necessarily confident that we'll defeat him at the polls because I was confident we would defeat him at the polls last time. I'm still about 7.20 our time or 7.30 or 7.40, whatever time it was that it was announced that Donald Trump took the lead in Florida before the panhandle votes came in. And I was like, oh, crap. And that's when I knew the things, the jig was up, so to speak. So anyway, those are the two things about the impeachment that I did want to talk about today. And I did get a lot about the non-ID requirements. Again, just as a reminder, just have fun with it. I would love to hear your attempts at it. You know, take screen, you know, do it on Facebook or Twitter. Take screenshots of you doing it. Get your receipt. Get all the receipts and share it with me. I would love to do a show next week that contains everybody's receipts of their attempts to do this. Show me how much fun you have with it. If you call into a radio show and do it, capture the radio show and, let, and, and send me the clip so I can play it on the air. And we can laugh with glee as to how we're able to get these conservatives to act in such a predictable way. But that is the end of this week's episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Uh, tune in next week. I'll be here next week, 8 p.m. Central on Blog Talk Radio. So then you can fa- follow me at Facebook.com slash Liberal Dan, uh, LiberalDan.com, and at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. Again, until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right.